You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Kind of the interesting thing about Jonah is uh, after he gets swallowed by the fish, he kind of starts learning some really important life lessons. And isn't that the way it is for most of us? I mean, some of the greatest life lessons come not from, you know, the easy things, but really it is through the struggles, it is the mistakes, it's the failures of life where we really learn some of the biggest lessons of life, isn't it? I mean, I know from my own personal experience, some of life's greatest lessons came from some of my biggest mistakes and failures. And my guess is the same is true for a lot of you out there as well. So this morning, we're going to look at a few of those lessons Jonah learned because they are lessons we also need to learn if we haven't already. Like I said last week, this just isn't a story about Jonah. This is our story as well because like Jonah, every one of us in this room, including me, have run from God at one time or another in our life. There may even be some of you in here this morning and you are currently on the run from God. And like we talked about last week, what many of us have discovered is that while you can run from God, you will never outrun God. Now, when I talk about running from God, I don't mean you necessarily have to pick up physically and run to a different location like Jonah did. There are a lot of variations and a lot of ways we can run from God. Maybe you don't have a problem with God in most areas of your life, but right now there's just this one particular area of your life, and it's like, God, I want you just to stay out of this particular part of my life because she is really, really cute and she could become a Christian someday. So just stay out of this because God, you know it's easier for someone to become a Christian than to become really, really cute, right? So God, just stay out of this relationship, I got it. So perhaps relationally you're running. Or maybe you're in a marriage and you're wanting out because you think you have finally met the right person, you locked in way too early and you want out and God is saying no, stay in it. But you wanna get out, you just wanna put this whole nightmare behind you, you just wanna do relationships, you just wanna do marriage the way you wanna do it. Or maybe you own your own business or you're in a partnership and you're dealing with finances in kind of a shady way and you know if you were to ever turn around and ask God and say, oh God, how would you like me to handle my money? You have a feeling God would say not the way you're handling it. You don't know for sure and you don't wanna know. So God, in just this one area of my life, stay out of it. I got it. And the truth is, we all have hypocritical times in our lives where we say, God, please protect my family. Please take care of my children. God, please bless me and blah, 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 blah. But God, don't even think about meddling in this one area 
of my life because I'm running and I, I acknowledge I'm running from you and I want to get as far away from you as I can. I know better than you do in this area of my life. And so like Jonah, we just end up running and we end up making a mess of our lives and we end up in what becomes the equivalent of the belly of a great fish. Our lives are spinning out of control and we kind of just have hit that proverbial rock bottom. You want to know something interesting about people who have run or are currently running from God? People who are running from God usually, not always, but usually, and you maybe have recognized this, they'll come, they will run to some of the strangest, they will run to some of the most dangerous places they will run to some of the most self-destructive places. People who are on the run from God run to places that if they were an outsider watching them run, they would say to themselves the same thing we'd say to Jonah, Jonah, not a boat. If you're gonna run from God, for heaven's sakes, stay on dry ground, right? Why would you get on a boat? That's like us saying, I'm gonna run from God, so I'm gonna go skydiving. I'm gonna go scuba diving. I'm gonna go run with the bulls. I'm gonna go bungee jump. If you're gonna run from God, for heaven's sakes, go somewhere safe. But that's not what we do, is it? When you decide to run and turn your back on God, again, you'll run to some of the craziest, dumbest places. You will run to some of the most dangerous places. You will run to places that when you finally come to your senses later in life, you'll say to yourself, what was I thinking? How could I have been so foolish? And whereas we want to say to Jonah, not on a boat, your heavenly father and the people who love you, your parents oftentimes look at your decisions and say, you did what? You're going to marry who? You're dating him? You're going to go work where? You're going to start your own business selling that? You invested in what? I mean, from everybody else's perspective, it's unbelievable. When you decide to turn your back on God and run, again, you will run to some of the strangest, craziest, dumbest, most harmful places. In fact, everybody in this room today, when you stop and think about your biggest regret relationally, you look back and you think, how could I have been so blind? It's real simple. See, when you turn your back on God and you run, people never run to safety. They run to the strangest and the most dangerous environments. I would say to singles, if you're here this morning and you're running from God, do yourself a favor. I know the chances of you taking this advice are slim, but at least I can say you heard it from me. While you're running from God, don't get married. Please, don't get married when you're on the run from God because you will make a bad choice. You don't think you will. 
But one day, you're going to wake up and you're going to think, how could I have been so dumb? What was I thinking? Because see, when you run from God, you run to the strangest, craziest, most dangerous places. You know what else happens to people who run from God? Their lives eventually begin to unwind and unravel. Eventually, they kind of just begin to self-destruct, not overnight, not over a weekend, not 15 minutes after the decision, but eventually, over time, people begin to self-destruct, and here's why. When you turn your back on God and you begin to run from God, you are turning your back on the source of all wisdom and truth. When you turn your back on the source of all wisdom and truth, you begin to make unwise, uh, uh, misinformed, and foolish decisions. You don't mean to. It's not intentional. You're not out on purpose to completely screw up your life. You think you're doing the right thing. You think you're doing the wise thing. But when you turn your back on the source of all wisdom and all truth, you will make unwise decisions decisions, and eventually those decisions will come back to haunt you. Remember the prodigal son in Luke 15. The younger of two sons takes his share of the father's estate. The father in the story represents God. The younger son takes his share, and he runs from God. And where does he go? The strangest, craziest, most self-destructive places, and he surrounded himself with all of the wrong people, and he squandered all the money he had on wild living. And once the money's gone, famine breaks out, he's starving, and he is reduced to feeding the pigs. You know what we find when people decide to stop running from God? They usually have financial problems. They've got marital problems. They've got kid problems. They've got all kinds of problems. And again, they're the direct result. They're the direct consequences of the decisions they've made. Do you know what they say, what you say, what we've all said? How could I have been so foolish? Here's how, because as smart as you are, as educated as you are, as cool as you are, as slick as you are, as careful as you thought you were going to be, when you turn your back on the source of all wisdom and truth, you make unwise, ill-informed decisions, and eventually they come back to haunt you. But the good news is, if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to open to Jonah chapter two. There are three things, good news type things, that we can learn, that Jonah learned, about our Heavenly Father's attitude toward those who are running. The first thing we discover about the person who chooses to run from God is that God listens or God hears the prayer of the runner. Isn't that good news? Look at Jonah chapter two, verse one. Then Jonah prayed, now he's inside the fish. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Jonah said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble or great distress, and he answered me. I called to you from the world of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. So Jonah is in the belly of the fish, and he begins to pray. By the way, this is something we all do when we hit rock bottom, when we're backed into a corner and there's no way out, we begin to pray. 
Now this is amazing to me because God doesn't have any reason to listen to the prayer of the runner, does he? If you've run and run and run and you've gotten to the point where the bottom starts to fall out and you're facing the full brunt head-on consequences of your decisions, why would God need to start paying attention to your prayers? I mean, you don't have a lot of leverage at that point, right? Look at Jonah for just a minute here. You're in the belly of a fish, praying a prayer of rededication, a prayer of distress that says, Lord, from now on, that doesn't have much leverage. That doesn't have much traction with God because there may be no from now on. You don't have any choice. Life is totally spun out of control. So what is the point of saying, now God, let me tell you what I'm gonna do from here on out. God's saying, you may not get to do anything from here on out because there may not be a from here on out. Yet what we discover is this, when you're at your wit's end, when you're at the bottom, when you're facing the consequences of decisions that you've made, there's no one to blame but you in your distress. When you really have no leverage with God, where there may not be a from now on, in that moment when you turn to your heavenly father, God hears the prayer of a runner. That's good news. This reminds me of people who go to pastors or counselors concerning a problem or a situation in their life and then they ignore the counsel they have received or they just go and do the exact opposite of what you've told them to do. Many years ago, it was not in this church, so don't be trying to think of who this would be, but uh, had a couple that came to me and wanted me to marry them. And so early on in the course of the premarital counseling, it was so apparent to me that these two had no business getting married. I told them so, I gave them my reasons. There was physical abuse, great physical abuse involved in the relationship, and so I told them I would not do the ceremony, I will not agree to marry you until you got into some counseling and made progress on certain issues. Now, I rarely ever pull out of doing a marriage, but this one was so clear to me, and I believed in the long run, I was really doing the couple a favor. Did they listen to me? No. They just went down the street and found another pastor to marry them. Well, guess what? Several months later, I get a phone call from them. Their marriage was in a lot of trouble, did they call the pastor who married them? No, he's got their 200 bucks and he's on to other things. I'm sitting there frustrated because I told them not to get married because I knew this was exactly what was gonna happen. They had no business getting married. I wanted to say, I told you so, but you wouldn't listen to me. No, 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 no. You know what? You're only getting what you deserved. I didn't say that, but I wanted to. Now here's the good news. This isn't new news. It's just good news. God is not like me. Isn't that good news? All right, now the little too much enthusiasm in here. 
See, in our despair, in our distress, when we knew we did the wrong thing, God said don't do it, your mother said don't do it, your friends said don't do it, all wisdom said don't do it, don't go there, don't buy that, don't borrow, and don't move there in the midst of your distress when you knew better, runners can turn back to the God they ditched and ignored and say, God, help me, God, bail me out of this mess. And the Bible says from the beginning of Genesis all the way to Revelation, God hears the prayer of the runner. You see, not knowing this may keep you from turning back to God's direction. Not knowing this or not understanding this may cause you to get into cycles so many people get into where they say, you know what, God's not going to help me. I I don't even want to go there. I can't even think about that. I don't know how to help me. So the best I can do is just run as fast and as far as I can, live it up as much as I can, make the best of what I can. I know my life is about to hit a brick wall. I know eventually the bottom is gonna completely fall out. I know I can't live this way for much longer, but what other options do I have? I can't turn to God, I can't turn to my parents, I can't seem to break this habit, break this cycle myself, so I am just gonna live and let live. And God would say to you, no, 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 you have options. You can turn back towards me. I realize these are pits you've dug for yourself. I realize these are the consequences of your own decisions. But in your distress, I will hear your prayer and you can come to me and I won't even tell you I told you so. I'll show you the way out of this mess. Isn't that awesome? You know what else Jonah learned? The second thing Jonah learned about God's attitude, God's heart toward those who are runners is salvation comes from God. Jonah chapter two, verse nine says, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah is having a moment of discovery. He's having what we call an aha moment. Jonah is realizing, you know what? I thought I knew what was best for my life more than God did. I thought my plans, my direction for my life was better than the plans and direction God had for my life. I thought I could take care of it myself. I thought I could save myself. Now he's not talking about heaven and hell here. Okay, he's talking about practical day-to-day things. I thought I could save myself from misery if I went this way. I thought I could save myself from doing something I don't want to do if I go this way. I think I can save myself from unhappiness, from guilt, from loneliness. I think I can save myself from temptation. I got this, God. I can handle this. I don't need your help. I think I can save myself from unforgiveness. No, really, God, I got this. 
I can do this on my own. I can save myself. I can do all of this myself. Jonah realized something we all eventually realize, and it's this. Salvation from guilt comes from the Lord. Salvation from a broken heart, it comes from the Lord. Salvation from loneliness comes from the Lord. Salvation from temptation comes from the Lord. Salvation from fear is with the Lord. Salvation from unforgiveness is with the Lord. Salvation from revenge is with the Lord. All of the things we think we can save ourselves from, we can't. We may outrun them for a while, but eventually it all catches up with us because God didn't design us to navigate through life apart from him. And when life trips us up, it's usually because we're flying solo in those areas of life because we have bought into the lie that says, I can do this, I can take care of this myself. Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The greatest thing that can happen to you and to me is to stop and ask ourselves, what am I trying to save myself from? Let me just offer that up as a journaling experience for you. If you're journaling, ask yourself this question, what am I trying to save myself from? And then come to the same realization Jonah did, I don't have to try and save myself from all those things God already has, I just need to receive his help, his power, his salvation in that area of my life. Then Jonah brings us in for a landing, and this is a big one. This is, this is so wonderful. The third thing Jonah discovered about God's attitude, about God's heart toward those who run is God is a God of second chances. I want you to listen to these words from Jonah chapter two, and again, we find them there in chapter three, verse three, which you're gonna be reading Jonah chapter three this week. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit up Jonah on the beach, and it did. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message of judgment I have given you. And this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command. Different from the first time, right? He disobeyed the Lord's command. This time he said, God gave him the same exact command. Get up, go to that great city of Nineveh, deliver the message of judgment I have given you, and it says this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. And that's where we're gonna pick it up next week. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Like I said earlier, you know, it's, it's just a great question. What are you trying to save yourself from this morning? Whatever that may be that you feel you have to save yourself from, I want you to understand God 
has already paid the price. He's already made the sacrifice to deliver you from whatever it is you think you have to deliver yourself from. And again, this is, it's a hard life lesson. I'm learning that life lesson all the time. This is a question you can ask yourself weekly, monthly, because for a lot of us, it's a never-ending cycle. Our best hope is, is that we can kind of start getting more into a situation where there's a lot less time between what we're saving ourselves from and what we're going to God and asking him to deliver us and to save us from. So I just put that question to you this morning. What is it you're trying to save yourself from? Because whatever that is, God wants to deliver you. God wants to save you. God wants to redeem what you think is unredeemable. God wants to use whatever you think is unusable. God wants to touch what you think is untouchable. God wants to redeem what you think is unredeemable. Whatever that is this morning, we can lay that at the cross. So I just want to invite you this morning as we come up to communion. I said this last week. I'll say it again. This is the greatest statement, the greatest declaration, the greatest proclamation of love God ever made. This is a place where I believe we can come to an all-running can cease. Whatever we're running from, this is the place where we can stop and we can just begin to look in God's direction through the broken body, the blood, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And it's in there that we will find wholeness for our brokenness. It is there that we will find cleansing, forgiveness from our sins. That was the purpose of the body. Jesus said, my body has been broken. So that where you and I are broken, he can come and restore that and make it whole. He said, my blood was shed for the forgiveness of sin for you and for many. When we come and we just take that bread, which represents his body, dip it in the juice, which represents his blood, we are receiving everything God has for us. So this is the place this morning, if you're running from God, there's no greater place to stop running than here this morning. This is the place where God says, I love you with all of your brokenness, with all of your failures, all of your mistakes. I love you. And I want to heal you and I want to deliver you. I want to be your peace. I want to be your strength. I want to be your source of joy. I want to be your comfort. Here is where the running ends. So as you come this morning, if there's something that you're saving yourself from, leave it here this morning. Say, God, I take your body. I take your blood. I receive it. And God, I leave what I'm running from this morning. So as you come, as we just kind of close in worship, there's going to be Christians up here that would love to pray for you this morning. If you're running and just need some 
counsel, you just need some encouragement, you just need some prayer. There are people here that love you very much. Maybe there's some of you this morning, you're running from salvation. You don't have a relationship with God. You're afraid of God. I'm here to tell you there's nothing to fear. God is a God of love. He is a God of compassion. As a matter of fact, it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not his wrath. It's not his anger. It's not his disappointment in you or what you've done. What leads you to repentance is God's goodness. It's his kindness because God knows he has what you're looking for. So this morning we just invite you to come and just to celebrate the declaration, that statement of unconditional, unwavering, unfathomable love. Father, we just thank you so much that, God, we can run from you, but, God, we'll never outrun you. God, no matter where we run to, you are there. And, God, we thank you that it is your kindness. We thank you that it is your goodness that causes us and leads us to repentance. So, God, I pray, Lord, your goodness, your kindness would fall upon us this morning. That, God, whatever we're running from, whatever we're trying to save ourselves from this morning, God, we pray, Lord, that we would find deliverance. We would find healing. We would find deliverance. We would find peace. We would find what it is we're looking for in you. So Father, I just pray, Lord, you'll be with those this morning that maybe you're in that place of running. God, we just thank you, Lord, that we can come to you. And in coming to you, we can find rest from all our running. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.